I'm spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Welcome to a new spin on autism. Answers with host and international speaker and performer, Lynette Louise. Besides working on her doctorate in psychophysiology, Lynette has raised eight children, six adopted, and four of them falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Laugh with her, cry with her, as she talks to both experts and parents and takes you through the often confusing, sometimes frustrating, sometimes overwhelming, but always fascinating world of autism. Hello and welcome. This is a new spin on autism answers. Actual answers. I guess I'll have to have a question if we're going to have an answer. Let's see what I come up with today. I am Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, also known as the Brain Broad. Isn't that awesome? The Brain Broad who flies abroad. And I'm about to catch a plane, so I grabbed someone really quick for the show. I promise you, you are going to be so happy to hear from this man. His name is Douglas Baker, but before I get telling you about him, let me remind you to stay to the very end of the show where I'm going to do stories from the road. And I'm going to pull from my brain some story of something that happened to me at some point that will answer whatever question we come up with and also will kind of put it all together for us. So this promises to be a great show. He's literally driving somewhere. I'm literally on my way to the airport. There is so much motion behind this show and so much energy. It's got to be great. That's all I can tell you. All right, so Douglas Baker. Who is Douglas Baker? Well, Douglas, oh, 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 before I tell you who Douglas Baker is, I am so bad at talking about my products. So, Remember, I have a book, and my book is great, and my book will help you. So you must go to Amazon and check it out, Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism. As a matter of fact, if you send me an email, and let's send you through Mom Forevermore, mom number four, evermore, at Juno, J-U-N-O dot com, if you send me an email and ask me to to sell it to you, I promise to give it to you for half price. So come on, come on, come on. If you need to know about autism, that's the way to do it. It's a broad-based book. It sort of tells you the history. It's got some case studies. It talks about the brain. It talks about neurofeedback. And it talks about my life. And I tell you my secrets and all about my five husbands. So come on. you got to get the book. Okay. Now we're going to talk to you about Douglas Baker. So Douglas Baker is a special needs advisor. Now, that right away is interesting to me because what the heck is a special needs advisor? I call myself a mental health and parenting expert. Sometimes when you work in this world of autism and special needs, it's really hard to put a label to what you do because you end up sort of doing it all and helping people with a great many things. And so I'm going to be excited to hear what he means by special needs advisor. Specialized Family Resources Intensity Technology. I don't know what that is either. So I am going to be as informed by this gentleman as you are. I'm going to give you a little bit from his background. Um, he says, because here's what I really like, something he says in his little write-up in LinkedIn that I really like and why I kind of asked him to be on the show he said, as a special needs advisor, I understand the overwhelming needs and challenges that other families, related businesses, and professionals face in the special needs world 
for 20 plus years. I found the information and services surrounding special needs planning, strategy, and management disorganized, fragmented, poorly understood, and completely unserved. Okay, I agree. So, you know, I like to sometimes speak to the choir. No, I do. I really, really agree. The hardest thing um, while raising my children was finding the path. And that's why I want you to get my book because it kind of takes you through that. And that's why we're talking to Douglas today. Um, We're going to ask him about websites and all that stuff. We'll let him inform you. But anybody who can make put that sentence as sort of a summary to himself, as somebody that I want to talk to. Let's begin by saying hello and then asking him why he's in it and about his son. So hello, Douglas. Thank you for joining the show. Lynette, thank you for having me on. And uh, uh, quite an introduction. Thank you. Uh, What was that about five (laughs) (laughs) ex-husbands? Everybody sits on that little problem. Okay, so that's I used right. To... <laughs> hey, 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 we all have closets, right? Okay. Okay, ownership, ownership. I was, uh, I was depressed, abused, schizophrenic, Asperger's. Got it, fixed it all. Well, but okay, in the... I'm, I'm there. <laughs> Along I'm the there. path, right? Along so the path. I'm, yeah, I'm glad to join you. And uh, and as a special needs advisor, I really find myself uh, this world of trying to understand that path, as you call it. Uh, and navigating through the services, through the resources, through the professionals. I mean, really, it's almost like you should really start navigating inside the community itself uh, because the community itself is, is experiencing all those growing pains one at a time. And I've tried to take them and culminate them and say, hey, here's what I've seen through my own world and the world that I've seen helping other people. And uh, these are the things that are coming at you that you may not see it coming, and nobody's going to tell you they're coming. But I can help you through that. I can help you, you know, define what's important for you and your family according to your goals and and values and morals and, you know, the way you guys, uh, you know, your, your, the way your family's raised. So okay, I'm, just trying so, to help, I'm trying to help families get resources, services, and be aware that they can still live that dream, that, that life that they thought was shattered when they had, you know, when they felt they, that special needs child wasn't going to allow them to live it anymore. Okay, so let's talk about from within, and, and we will want to back in to find out about your son. So, okay, let's talk first, though, about from within our community, because one of the problems that I see certainly in the world of autism, much more probably than any of the other special needs communities I work with, one of the things I see is this sort of poisonous attitude to each other and the constant bickering and the political problems that they create amongst themselves, which makes it hard to be congruent and helpful to each other. So is this something that you've seen, that you've dealt with, and that you have a solution for? Well, I I wish I had a solution to give me a magic pen, make the king for a week, maybe. Um, I, you know, it, it's you're you're right, and the community is is somewhat very fragmented in autism because you've got a lot of different beliefs, and a lot of those beliefs come from you know certain groups that have either influence and so forth that they're either diet or gut or you know vaccine whatever you know everyone wants to lay their hat on, but the fact is we know um, people jump on autism speaks because they're such a big organization, but they work at the national level, which is good. Because we weren't getting any visibility nationally because everyone would say, well, when you guys figure out amongst yourself, you know, then come to us and we'll see if we can help you out. But nobody was able to do that. And Autism Speaks has finally been able to do that. And 
everyone's kind of shooting rocks at them for doing what they do well, and they're doing it nationally, not locally, because there's a lot of smaller organizations that have to do the local work and, and the, 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 the groups and families and communities within the, those local communities. So I don't know. Uh, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of politics involved. It's spread out, and it's just bringing more awareness and well, helping support each other more from within rather than, you know, looking for everyone outside to send money in and try to, to save us that way. We, we need to start supporting each other. That's, my, that's, that's been my message. That's my message as well because I find that if we want to support each other right from that moment, from the moment that you say, okay, so the question of the day, people, the question of the day, how do you support each other? Answer. Here it is. Okay? We're not even going to wait to the end. Answer. If your question is how do I support this person, you will come up with that answer. It's just as simple as that. So just before I go on any stage to speak, I say, what does this group need from me today? Regardless yeah. of what I planned, right? So I might have heard some other speaker say something or I might see an, something going on in the audience and completely change, do an about-face on my original plan for what I was going to talk about because by asking what do they need, I have to answer it, that it leaves an, an empty space that needs an answer. And then there it is. There's the answer. So if we say, how do I support this person I see on Facebook? How do I support this person on LinkedIn? How do I support my neighbor? How do I support the person at school? All of a sudden, different answers come then. How do I fight for my rights? Talk to me about that. Yeah, well, it's, it's everyone. We all work out there. And, I, you know, I tried to hang my hat when I, start, I started helping families, and I said, you know what, so there's a couple of people that we all need to see every year as a, as a, as a family. I mean, we, we need to see our tax person, our CPA. We, if, we, if we have some sort of financial situation, we kind of need to stay on top of that. And sometimes a lot of people have financial advisors. That's another person you'll see every year. Hopefully not a lawyer, because I'm not sure, you know, I mean, nobody wants to see a lawyer every year if they can avoid it. But, you know, those are kind of front-facing uh, positions that when you think about it, there are specialty lawyers or lawyers that are specialty parents. And if we have the ability to support the, those lawyers or those dry cleaners or those gas stations or those mechanics or those restaurants that are specialty owned, you're helping inside the community, the community that's already going to get back to them because they're parents. They, they, they know what it's like to live and, and try to thrive or try to, you know, rebuild a, a, a life with you know the the conditions that they're living and they're learning to thrive and if we help each other thrive we we build a community that thrives itself unfortunately that just doesn't necessarily happen because people don't talk to each other i mean i'm i could be in any conference speaking and i could say hey introduce yourself to a neighbor ask them who they are where they live and you would find fairly quickly how you could support each other by just doing a few people together and and sharing names, it's, uh, you know, that, that, that's a natural to do when you're trying to find that information. Now let's try to help support our community that way as well from within. Absolutely. The message that might be a little early and might not be quite as easily heard by the families, but when you get further on in your life, you know, when you're young, you're overwhelmed by school. But as you get further in and your kids start getting older, there's a lot more things that start coming at you, and then they become adults. and. There's a lot of moving parts that it's just helped you. There are a few people out there to help you really kind of tie it all together. So is that what you do? You help people tie it that, all together? Really? I, I, I see I, on I, your web. 
Just let me say, I see on here it says designing a roadmap to help families navigate the systems today. And is that what you do? You help people find their path, find navigate the road? Yeah, realistically, that's we sit down and we look at the services, what they're trying to do, what their values or goals are, and they, we put a roadmap together and help them kind of move forward. It could be self-service, or they can ask me to help them start researching certain things to help them in certain areas that are just too difficult for them to figure out. And I, I kind of, I just work for the families only. I, I have no, I'm, I, I don't sell any insurance. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not an attorney. I don't do any of that stuff. I help the families navigate, guide them through the system and make sure that they are taking care of their near-term and long-term picture with their family and their special needs members. And so when you post, I noticed I've been watching your posts a little bit, and so one of the things that you posted I think was about the Obamacare thing, that how it's affecting people in California. and different. You, you sure. tend to be uh, posting that kind of information that I never post. So <laughs> do you yeah. have any tidbits you want to share on that? Well, there's, you know, there's different things you could – and I post the various, uh, yeah, there's just a new ABLE Act that was just passed as well by Congress at the federal level. But, uh, no, the Obamacare, you know, was kind of interesting because it provided, they, they provided more services to people that needed it, not necessarily special needs, but people that needed it that were lower income. But also it gave some, you know, interesting concepts of what you could do if you were a family that had a little more, affordability means what might be more beneficial in regard to health insurance for your child with special needs. So there's a, there's, you know, there's just a lot of, you know, between the health system and then you've got the social security and the SSI and the SSDI. I mean, there's a lot to figure out just between those two systems uh, on the benefits. Yet alone, forget about resources and training and the regional center and the, you know, I mean, just keep going on and on the school system or post-school system and the, uh, mental health services like uh, like you know about. I mean, they all yeah. play different roles in different type of uh, communities, and some are part of special needs communities and some are not. So, uh, um, do you think? I have a question. Do you think that there is because people are always complaining that once um, once your child is an adult, that their services fall away? Now, in in my personal life, uh, we just my son became an adult and he lives like an adult. <laughs> so we yeah, don't, yeah. You know, we're not really looking for services, but uh, my question is, are, do you think there's more services, less services, or that people are, are seeing it as it is? Do you think there's more than is a, more available than they're aware of or the opposite? Yeah, there actually are. And, and this is getting better uh, because what's happened through the advocate system. And this is the most vocal voices out there at the state and federal level. Their kids have grown up, and they've become adults. And the big complaint used to be when the cert is state of California, they you know once you're out of the school system at 22, if they don't actually graduate with a high school degree, they go to 22. Um, they called it the services cliff. Once you became 22, you're out of the school system. You kind of fell off a cliff, and that has really kind of transformed over the last few years because there's been a lot of us. Well, you know, not, and not necessarily me particularly because I don't go to Sacramento or or uh, uh, D.C., but there's been a lot of families that have joined in the efforts pushing for more adult services, and that's kind of been the big push over the last year or two. So there are actually more out there, and and what's funny is you can have, I call it multi-diagnosis, but, you know, the, the medical term is comorbid, which got the worst awful word in I'm the world. I'm no kidding. Uh, <laughs> I hate that word, 
but I call it multi-diagnosis. But, you know, then you've got, and you, I don't know if you've experienced kids or adults that are crossing surfaces because, well, that's not an autism or behavior issue. An autism, that's an OCD behavior, and that needs to go through mental health rather than, you know, the regional right. center side. I mean, it's like, holy cow, now we're splitting hairs here. What's up? What's up? Um, right. Yeah, there needs to be a much more congruent process uh, with the, you know, with the diagnosis and how how it can benefit the family. And, and that, that's going to be the next stage is picking up the level to where there's one point of contact and, and then it helps with the services from there rather than trying to push everyone off and, um, and pass know, it off to you, the other diagnosis. Yeah, the government system and, and pushing people <laughs> off. Okay. All right, there you go. All right, you are listening to a new spin on autism. Answers. We already asked it and we answered it. But I might ask another question to answer because, you know, that was early in the show. Uh, we are talking with Douglas Baker. He is a very interesting gentleman. He's a special needs advisor, a nice sort of broad term, which means he can do anything to help you at any time. Oh, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Anyway, so Douglas <laughs> is uh, driving on his way to pick up his son, and we're going to talk about his son next. It's Like I told you, I'm on my way to the airport. He's on his way to pick up his son. This is a very moving show, very active, very real. People with uh, real lives talking on the radio, so that's a good thing. All right, so... Uh, Remember to stay to the very end of the show where I will do stories from the road. And buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. Actually, you can buy any of my books. But I suggest today to buy Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism, because it's a broad-based book, and it really, by broad-based, what I mean is, and I'm called the brain broad, so that's logical. Um, what I mean by that is that I talked about the history. I talked about how, you know, how it sort of shaped over the years and how that affected me as a parent of autism then as a professional and all of that. So you get a sense of why things are the way they are, and hopefully that knowledge makes it easier for you to sort of find your path through whatever mess is out there while you're trying to do it. So I think it's a really useful book. It certainly gets quoted to me by all kinds of people, so it must be useful in some way. Please uh, give it a shot. Mom, number four, evermore, at Juno, J-U-N-O dot com. Send me an email, and I will sell it to you half price. And that's today only. Actually, this is a podcast, so let me date that. So you're not supposed to do that, by the way, but I'm going to do it anyway. Today is January the, well, it'll go up on the 5th. So January the 5th. 2015. Happy New Year. And for the whole day, it's half price. Okay, Douglas, tell us about your history, like how you ended up doing this. And I see a picture of you with your son. So clearly, uh, your son has some diagnosis. And maybe that was part of why you ended up trying to work in this field, helping the rest of us. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, we, we noticed very quickly right after his MMRs and that's why my my his mother at the time really wanted to blame the the vaccines um but he really turned on a dime from saying a lot of words and and uh so forth to really no words uh noise and no eye contact and uh so we he was finally diagnosed at 21 months back in 1992 which is pretty good early diagnosis um we were fortunate uh with a group out of San Diego that was able to to get us that but that was kind of like a a shot in the heart. I mean, you, you really kind of didn't know anything about it. We didn't have the internet to check things out. So we really had to do a lot of work. And, you know, when we, he got diagnosed, she was six months pregnant with my daughter. And the bad part was back then it was, well, there are only three in 10,000 births, right? 
but the I, the likelihood of having a child with the same or worse conditions the next child was 25 times greater. And when you start to, doing the math on the 3 in 10,000, that was a significant number. Um, and it put a lot of anxiety into, you know, into uh, the mother of my children at the time. And, you know, uh, you know fortunately, I guess fortunately or unfortunately, my daughter was born normal. Because <laughs> at 24, <laughs> my, my son with autism is so much easier to handle than my daughter <laughs> at 22. So, uh, but that, I guess all girls go through this. Uh, so, um, but no, he, uh, my son, it, you know, it was a long, hard road. It, it took, I mean, it really broke our marriage. It was, uh, you know, there was other things that, uh, that happened, but it was, it drained us financially in the early mm-hmm. stages. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and we threw whatever we could. And had we known and had there been advocates around back then, like there are today, we would have gotten so many more services and probably would have had to pay for hardly anything. But even back then, when the system was flush with money, Nobody would tell you. Nobody was trained. Nobody, nobody was looking at the process, saying, "Well, since you're at this age, these are the things you're going to have to start seeing about when they get to be this age or when they get that age." You know, it's all these things start coming at you, and nobody has laid that out. So that's what became frustrating with me because I was figuring that out and then, you know, talking to the parents. Um, finally, I stepped away from technology uh, back in 2002 to kind of do some application for my son, and uh, you know, because it wasn't working in the school system. Uh, with his mother and I, um, so I had to make sure he was getting the, some of the right stuff while she was still physically custody, and that took, you know, like five years, and I'm telling you, that was an expensive education, because I can't tell you how much money I, I didn't make those years, uh, but it was a lot, because I was trying to do that, and I couldn't keep that full-time job like that. Um, so, you know, my son, he's six foot four. he's uh, 24 years old. He was about six three by the time he was about sixteen. Uh, good looking kid. He's verbal. He can, you know, uh, he's got a job he, through Goodwill. He works uh, Marshalls five days a week for three and a half hours, and it's an exhausting three and a half hours for him. <laughs> um, but he does well, and uh, there's more that he can do. But until we get him either more skill classes or a little more education, uh, kind of going through his life, he has capability. But he's almost like a six foot four, eleven year old, and there's a beauty about that. Um, yeah, there and, really is uh, a beauty, isn't there? Yeah. Like you said, that it's the other ones that are the harder to raise. Yeah, you know, I mean, come on, these kids grow up with, you know, what is it, entitlement or whatever they're doing, attitude. You know, they start mouthing off at you. It's uh, kind of, you know, it's 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 interesting to see the dynamics and the blessings that uh, a child with special needs can really make in your life, and it made it in mine because I've been able to help a lot of other people. And trust you me, I've never charged where I, listen, I can't get that million dollars of income I lost over the five or six years back. I can never right. get that back, nor will I ever want to or need to. Um, if I can work, uh, you know, and, and, and help the families and, it, it, you know, there's enough to sustain, I'm, I'm willing to do whatever it takes all the way out there. In the meantime, you know, I have to pick up my son. He, he doesn't drive a car. He might someday. I think he would be capable of getting a high school diploma in the right circumstances, but you know, he's far from being anything like Asperger's and some of the high-functioning kids that, you know, when people say high-functioning, and I used to think my son was, then, you know, I meet some of these families and the kid can't speak, but, man, they can play a virtuoso instrument. They could, you know, they can write in three or four different languages. They just, they may be nonverbal. Yeah, and, I really uh, love that you brought that up, actually, Douglas, because it's really 
it's very interesting how so many people lay it on whether or not you're speaking clearly if you're intelligent. And it's really necessary to go, these are not the same thing. A speech problem yep. is a speech problem. It has nothing to do with intellect. Sometimes they're both yep. challenged, but not always. Yep, yep. So, yeah. So that's, you know, we've, we've had a great, you know, we, we are still having a great journey and, um, you know, we've, we've done plenty of things, uh, you know, in and within the community and, uh, you know, we do plenty of things on our own. So, uh, you know, my son likes to go to the gym with me when we can get together and, uh, do that in the gym. So we'll be this weekend. We'll, we'll at least have, you know, one day in the gym together, right? Yeah. And yeah, watching a few awesome. of the football games. Cause, uh, this is a great, uh, since you've now sit on the, on the 5th of January, they be a weekend of great, uh, uh playoff games. Ooh, okay, people, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> and I used That's to be okay. a cheerleader, but, you know, I never really paid attention to the actual game, just the cute butts going by, and that's uh, the honest yeah, truth. And I now remember. you know how I, I got five a, husbands. <laughs> I was a football, yeah, I tell you, I was a player on the sidelines. We used to check out the cheerleaders, too. So uh, There you go. It was mutual checkout time. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so I, you know, I agree with you on so many fronts, and I think that um, the whole, for me, I wrote a book and started working with families, mainly because I, when you did this back then, now my son, my oldest son with autism, um, I adopted a bunch of people with autism, in case you don't know, but um, anyways, mm-hmm. my oldest son is 34 now, so if you were doing it back then and dealing with the system back then, the one thing you're certain of is that you have to take this knowledge that you gained from living the life of it and share it somehow to make this process simpler for other people because, my goodness, yep. <laughs> it's yep. messy Absolutely. out there. And, that's, and, and what's funny is sometimes people aren't in the mindset to hear your help. I know. And And... It's sometimes sad because it's it's not easy. None of it's easy, and and all of us are made to have a different, you know, uh, physical constitution of being able to handle this mentally and physically. Um, and it's harder on some people than others, and it's definitely hard on marriages, and it can strengthen them. But in many cases, it's probably more breaking them than anything. And uh, um, you know, this is it, it, none of this is easy, and it's not easy for me. Um, but I, because I, I'm great in calm under fire, um, it's a process that I've just learned how to manage very, very well. And I understand end to end process. I, it's one background I have from technology and in technology is I understand how things in an organization or uh, operation work end to end. And that's what I did. I went and looked at this process from diagnosis to really survivorship anywhere along uh, uh, along this spectrum of life. And that's why I call myself a lifespan special needs advisor because I can help these families anywhere along their timeline and what they may need and what they may need, make sure that they have in place so that everything happens according to what the way they want it to happen. That was beautiful. That was really nice. I um, I think maybe we should close on that. Is there something else that you'd like to sh- say and share? And also, please tell them how they can get a hold of you. Um, I'm I'm very easy. I'm on Facebook, Special Needs Advisor, all one word. That's where my professional uh, website is. Um, you can you know you can any time you want to Google or Bing or Yahoo. Douglas Baker Special Needs, you'll find plenty of stuff on me. Last I looked, I mean, I haven't really looked in a while, 
but uh, there's there's been plenty of things uh, I've done and been written on me and so forth. Uh, but yeah, my specialty advisor uh, uh, on Facebook. That's perfect okay. because in the in the about section it has my phone number, my email, all that stuff, so you can get a hold of me. Beautiful. Any last words for people that are out there struggling and fighting with each other? <laughs> yeah, you know what? Here's the deal. Never give up. Uh, find the beauty in the moments because there are lots of them. And every day is a new day. Uh, we can't worry about yesterday because that already happened. So um, so what we, de- de- what we worry about most is the present moment we're in. And we have to kind of start thinking about what's happening tomorrow, but tomorrow's not guaranteed because that's, you know, we're not there yet, right? And that's it. That's all I have. All right. Well, that was pretty great. Thank you so much for talking while you drive and not having a car accident in the process. I really appreciate it. <laughs> and I'm going to go take My an airplane pleasure. trip. <laughs> and thank you for having me on the show. And uh, uh, let me know if there's anything else I can do to help. Absolutely. I will do. All right, Douglas. Thank you. Have a great new year. Will do. All right, so that was Douglas Baker. We are moving and grooving and traveling through life as we do this show. I love that. I love active shows. It reminds me of the show with Temple Grandin, and she was talking to me from the airport, and she was constantly stopping and saying, oh, wait a minute, am I getting on my plane? <laughs> it was really fun. Um, so there's something about not being super fussy. In fact, that's probably the message I would like to share with you in I had all these kids, eight kids, and I had, you know, therapies to do and things to figure out. So I'm going to tell you a story from my own life. So here I am. I mostly am a single parent, by the way, in my in the history of my life. I got married a lot, but they never lasted more than a few days for the most part because, you know, my life was scary. I had too many kids. And um, and I don't want to get into that right now because I'm telling you a different story. Write me a letter. Ask me to tell you more thoroughly if you like. Anyways, all right, so Stories from the Road takes place in my history when I had eight kids, five of them are special needs, four are on the spectrum of autism, six are adopted. Like, it's a load. It's a real load. No wonder everybody ran away. And I used to say when I was doing stand-up comedy, you know, I got married a lot, and, you know, then they met my kids and got the runs. Uh, but I'm bumping. So anyway, I um, I had this this desire to do vision therapy. I'd heard about it, read about it, found a practitioner for it, and it was going to cost thousands and thousands of dollars. So the reason it was going to cost so much is, number one, I I had this thing about fairness, maybe to the extreme. Everybody makes fun of me for it now, all the kids. But if I did something for one, I had to do it for everyone. I figured maybe, you know, if it's going to help, the ones with autism, it'll help slightly the other ones. And I don't want anyone to say I gave all my attention and all my money to these ones. So if I did it for one, I did it for all. Well, when you have eight kids and yourself, because remember, I, I had my own problems. So when you have all of that, that's nine people getting a therapy. So no matter what the therapy costs, it suddenly costs that times nine. So what I would do is I would, instead of typical holidays, our holidays would be some therapy adventure. Now, because so much money is going to the therapy, and it generally followed tax time when I would get my money back from income tax because when you have eight kids, you get money back. Who thought? 
So, um, so I would, when I would get my money back, whatever I had, I'd try to figure out, you know, what we could do to help my kids. And so this one time we were doing this vision therapy adventure. And I couldn't afford a hotel because I was spending all my money on vision therapy. And it was really hot, like hot in the extreme, like hot like an oven hot. And we were staying in a campground that was close to where the vision therapy was because it was far away from home, so we couldn't just stay in our home and drive there every day. And it was every day for two weeks, five days a week, every day, twice a day. So it was like a lot of going back and forth. So basically all we're doing is vision therapy. So we're staying in this in this campground. We've just got basically the car to sleep in and kind of a little bit bigger than a pup tent. So all eight of us have to find a place to sleep. There's no shade. There's no pools or anything. It's like the most you know, ghetto campground you can imagine. And we'd sort of sit beside the car looking for shade, and my poor darling children would just go, oh, brother, here's mom again trying to fix us. And it was a fortune. It was, so here we are, we're staying in this, we're hiding in the, in the shade in the hot, and we're going back and forth, and I'm like, is this even really doing anything? So uh, what I'm going to share with you is don't shotgun your therapies. I'm calling it shotgun because it's that idea of, you know, you just sort of shoot and wherever the shotgun spreads and hits, that's going to work. So I was sort of shotgunning the therapy. I was thinking, well, if this is a good match for this boy, it's going to be a good for us all. I'm trying to be fair to everybody. But what ended up happening is I didn't analyze each individual situation. And this is really very relevant because we tend to hear about something a therapy, and we, not just me, but in the community of autism, hear about a therapy and then go try it. You have to know if it matches you. So here's what happened. I used to have what I call floaties, like little things floating around. And when I was young, I thought I could catch them, and that's why it looked like I was playing with stuff in the air, because I had floaties in my eyeballs. Well, they went away. But when I did vision therapy, they came back. They're still there. I, I mean, I can get rid of them with neurofeedback, but they do come back. So... I actually gave myself a problem from the vision therapy. And I gave my other daughter, one of my daughters, a problem from the vision therapy. She went from being really coordinated (laughs) to a little bit slower at processing visual information. My very severely challenged child got extreme diarrhea, so bad that and we didn't know because there were so many of us, and he'd gone to the bathroom, and he'd had this explosive diarrhea all over, and this is a small clinic, and I hustled them out to take them for this, like, packed lunch before we hid by our in the shade of our car and came back for the afternoon session. And in the meantime, the next client had gone in and gone to go in the bathroom, and there's this diarrhea everywhere, and so she vomited. I mean, it was just awful because then I came back with my family and they're all looking at me shell-shocked like please when is your therapy over so we were a mess two lessons to take from this so question one should you try everything that comes along answer no you should not you should carefully examine whether the therapy matches you or your child, or whoever it is that you're considering it for. Everything is different depending upon the person. Some therapies go across the board in the hands of a good uh, 
practitioner. Neurofeedback is something I can use for all challenged brains, regardless of the diagnosis, but I adjust it for the diagnosis, for the person, for the individual, for the culture, for the age, for everything. So it just happens to be one of those ones that you can do that with. Most things, though, you really want to make sure it's a match, okay? So that's number one. And number two, do you have to wait until you can do it to do it? No. I mean, clearly, if I'd have been waiting until I could afford the nice hotels and the nice cars and the, you know, the nice, you know, not the thrift store clothes for my kids, we'd still be waiting. So the only mistake I made in this example is that I tried to shotgun the therapy. I didn't stop and say, which child does this match? And what can I do for the other ones at the same cost if I wanted to be fair? So question one, should you do everything? Answer, no. Okay, make sure it matches. Question two, do you have to wait till you're ready? Answer, no. You decide you have to do it and you just find a way. <laughs> but, but try to get a bigger tent than we had because that was really awful. Okay, I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host. This is a new spin on autism, all kinds of wacky answers. Please be a community of support. Please. You know, Douglas Baker mentions that when his child got the vaccination, that his child changed immediately and that that convinced his wife. And he didn't really get into that. But here's what I can tell you. It's long been known that vaccinations can cause a problem in the brain. The controversy does not surround that. The controversy surrounds whether or not it's responsible for autism. A person who saw that kind of direct response should not be made to feel ashamed or hide their truth. We will not find the answers if we're forced to hide our truth. And we will be forced to hide our truth by each other if we judge each other. Be a community of support. Listen, support, help. Let's rise up and become healthy. I'm Lynette Louisa Story, teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. This is a new spin on autism. Answers. Thank you for being here. Because without you, I would just be talking to myself. Thank you for joining the show today. Lynette is the author of the refreshingly honest and at times hilarious new book, Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism. You can purchase this and other materials by looking on the webtalkradio.net website and clicking on the covers. You can also click through to her Facebook page and check out any show you may have missed by looking in the archives. We'll see you soon for another edition of a new spin on autism. Answers. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. I can't hear.